your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on Birds with Friends. All I know is Zach said he has a game where seals don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so the yeah, purpose that's of, what oh, I really oh, what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday late morning. Bo Wolf, Sheila Kapadia, Zach Berman here to preview the week one game against the Washington football team. Sheil, everybody wants to know, how are you doing? So Doug Peterson just picked the captains? Is this, a, yeah, is this unusual? This. I've never heard of this in my football covering career. I think career. this is insane. Like, I want to hear more about this. This is Garbanzo Bean stuff. Uh, we can get into this, Zach. Why don't you tell us what uh, what Doug Peterson said today? Regarding the captains or regarding everything overall? Uh, just start the with captains. the captains. Okay, yeah. start with the captains. So the Eagles have eight eight captains, as as Bo has, has joked about. Uh, <laughs> if you have eight captains, you have none, as, oh, yes, as Bo likes to that. say. But the league did allow you to go from six to eight. The Eagles have had five in the past that were voted on by teammates or, or or by the players, I should say. So their teammates voted for them. And then one who Doug assigned each week as like a weekly captain. So if they were playing in his hometown, sometimes a former team, sometimes yeah, if, if the in guys, Kansas City, uh, you know. if the guy's taking on a bigger role, things of that nature. Uh, and so this year, Doug Peterson chose all eight captains. And he said because of the virtual offseason uh, and kind of the uncertainty that came with the offseason, he just thought that was that was best for the football team for him to pick. Now, Ridiculous. You, you might be listening to this and saying, look, it's, it's, it's just a title. It's a C on your chest. It's not a huge deal. And I don't want to overstate it, but I, I do think within the locker room players are aware of, of who gets picked and who doesn't get picked the same the same human nature that you might have had when you were 10 years old or 15 years old you know yeah i mean you don't you don't appoint leaders you you leaders are you know they grow organically this this isn't like nonsense to me it's you know it probably doesn't matter but uh, i understand that it would like ruffle some feathers in the locker room this is ridiculous well, I do think the idea of captains is pretty ridiculous for grown men. I yeah, mean, like, that's fair. Like, uh, you know, if at the athletic they were like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know who who would be, who, who do you feel like is the sort of elder states elder states person among mm. the NFL beats? Do you have a? Uh, uh, I don't I don't even know who the captain. I would have be. great respect for Dan Pompey. I'm okay. Mm. All right. There you go. So, what if they were, if they were just like Dan Pompey is the captain of the NFL writers? <laughs> like, I would be like, I'm a grown man. I'm not, I'm, I like Dan Pompey, but I'm not following a captain. So, uh, the whole idea is a little bit weird to me. Well, it's um, also weird to, you know, play a game for a that's profession. That's true. So. It, it is part of the football culture. But uh, this seems like very against sort of the Doug Peterson philosophy, doesn't it? You know, he, he always sort of harps on well you know i was a former player when i played this is how we did it uh he wants to give the players ownership right wasn't that like a wasn't that one of his uh sayings the sure. one year uh pl- give the players ownerships he doesn't New try normal. to 
yeah, he does the leadership council so that the leaders can kind of police the locker room. Uh, you know, he, he seems to believe very strongly in that. So again, I, I don't think this is going to have any bearing on wins or losses. It's probably not worth, worth spending too much time on it, but I don't remember uh, a team I've covered where the coach just appointed the captain. So it, it is, if yeah, nothing else, it is crazy. very weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, the whole point of the captain is, is that so the roster chooses who they think the best leaders are, and then those guys are the leaders. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like you're literally playing favorites. Uh, and, like, you know, if you're if you're Zach Ertz, and we can get to the Zach Ertz discussion soon, like, you know, you probably do take offense. And you if, if you are, like, in the middle of, con- like, contentious contract negotiations and you take notice that, uh, Jason Peters, who just was arguing over his own contract, gets you know tabbed as a captain mm-hmm. again, and you don't. You, you probably would take offense. You probably would say uh, the tea leaves are telling me maybe the team doesn't want me around. Although Zach Ertz hasn't been a captain, is that correct? No, he's not. But, no, no okay. he's not. So it's not like they stripped away his his captaincy. No, but from Peters him, but... Peters like stepped aside as a captain last year, as did Brandon Graham, and so these guys both just get it again. Uh, I don't know. It's. I don't think that yeah. was a stepping aside thing, by the way. I think that was more like what the 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 locker room was was sensing there. Okay, you know where it it it, it kind of transitioning from Peters to Kelsey. That was last year, correct? That was last year, and Graham and then, to Cox. Yeah, then Graham to Cox. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is a way for the locker room to organically make those moves. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's like a, a special teams guy who you know who everybody loves and is doing a great job in practice, and uh, he has more respect in the locker room than maybe the coaches are aware of, and then he gets some votes. Like those are good ways to sort of well, yeah, uh, learn those things, I guess. But you don't really get to learn those things. Yeah, like it would mean a lot more to me if Cra- that Craig James was named the second special teams captain if the players voted on it as opposed to Doug sure. just deciding it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Special teams having two captains is is like. Uh, well, that's the other thing. This the, the the reason that the league is allowing eight captains is somehow tied to the fact that they are only allowed to have one captain at midfield for the coin toss, which is like the most ridiculous security <laughs> feeder. Like there, we had sixteen thousand fans in in the stands last night. These guys are all over each other for three hours. But let's just make sure because of the virus, only one person allowed for the coin toss. Like that is just, I mean, give me a break. Well, yeah, that makes no sense at all. Yeah. All right, Zach, I feel I feel like Zach has been over this conversation for like ten <laughs> seconds in. So, Zach, why don't you tell us what else Doug Peterson said today that might be more uh, more notable? So we'll have the injury report later in the day today, where we'll hopefully have more clarification. I think we we will, although it might just be a string of questionables. But isn't there uh, no more questionable? No, there's, there's there's no more there's problem. No more, no, there's no more. Or, or, or there's, there's no more yeah, doubtful. There's doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's definitely questionable. Uh, uh, now, the, I, I I think the big one for us to monitor in terms of improvement in health is Jalen Rager, and Jalen Rager is a full participant in, in in practice. Although a quick athletic plug here, we have this new real time feature. Uh, definitely check that out throughout the day. We'll be giving updates on that. Update your apps. The That's the, the big What's thing. That? Update your apps. you got to update yeah, that so app. Yes, you have to update your apps. And I, I bring up the real-time feature now because I put an update yesterday on Jalen Rager, and this also allows different writers to respond. And I thought Bo had a very good kind of insider update there oh. uh, explaining that it was, a, it was a non-padded practice yesterday. So a full participation in yesterday's practice might be different than a full participation in Wednesday's practice. 
when they were in pads, maybe even more so given the nature of the injury that Jalen Rager has, which is a shoulder injury, as opposed to if he was dealing with like a hamstring or something like that. Um, in any event, Jalen Rager, Doug Peterson said that uh, he's doing very well. They're not going to put him out there unless he's 100% or more. Once again, Doug Peterson's uh, hanging on to this notion that you can be better than 100%. Um, and, and, uh, he doesn't, he'll see how the next 48 hours go, but that they are, but that they're expecting good things from, from Rager. And then the other injuries I'll, I'll quickly point out, Miles Sanders, Lane Johnson, Derek Barnett, uh, they've all been limited in practice and Doug Peterson says they're day to day and we'll know more later in the day. And Javon Hargrave has not practiced, right? I wonder if they actually... I wonder if they put Hargrave on IR this weekend, because um, you can do it up until before game time. You still get the three the three week stretch. So I'm that I think uh, keep your eye on that. That's a thing they might do. Um, and then Corey Clement, by the way, was added to the report yesterday. But that seems, or Doug said, it's more precautionary than anything else. Um, on Rager, I mean, you know, sure, it would be a good thing if he turns out to be uh, like Wolverine and he can just, uh, you know, his body recovers faster than everybody else. But it makes me a little bit nervous that he might play this week. Like, don't you think? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the injury. No, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on. that he can if, if it's a risk for re-injury. But it makes me a little bit nervous. You don't know the extent of the injury. The, well. the Eagles medical staff has earned the benefit of the doubt <laughs> over the last couple. <laughs> no, I was kind of going both ways with there. First, I was going to rip you, but then I was like, well, maybe maybe he has a yeah. He has a point. I mean, we've I seen mean, this before. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I feel like you sort of have to deal with those things as they happen after the fact, which is not the normally the fair way to do it. So I guess it's fine to have some level of concern but uh it was a shoulder injury right Mm -hmm. yes shoulder injury so if they feel like he's okay to play and then he gets uh re-injures it then i would feel more comfortable crushing them then but there's also a chance he if he's fine to play and cleared and plays and is fine then you know that's also equally uh possible there so um, we will see. As for the injuries, uh, listeners, little little sort of programming note. You know, we we were debating whether to wait till like the final injury report comes mm. out on Fridays to record, but then we would be uh, getting this bad boy up much later in the day, and so we figured we would just do it now. Yeah, you give you a little are, bit more runway to listen. Yeah, say. yeah. Give, give you a little bit more time, and then uh, you know. If, if something happens with the injuries, then you'll figure it out. You have yeah, the I mean, athletic app. By the time you're listening, the injury report will likely be out. I also think it's important to point out, for full disclosure, to our to our listeners that that, 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 that yeah, here. keep it yeah, let's go. Oh, that we're kind of operating from a <laughs> a a different perspective this year than we have in the past. We're not in the locker room every day, so mm. there we're Speaking obviously of, doing that's our best. Actually, well, there's actually less disclosure when it comes <laughs> yes, to not being yes. in the locker room. Uh, but but we're doing our our best, obviously, ask, asking questions virtually in and. Uh, you know, gathering information where we can, but there's there's just more observational things you could have in the past, or, or more kind of quick conversations in 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 the locker room to get a sense of how the team's doing that you just don't really have this year. So we'll do our best, but there 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 might kind of be more hedging than there's been in the past. Uh, the the Lane Johnson injury, um, which we have talked about, uh, is certainly would seem to me to be the most important one in terms of how this game is going to play out. And uh, it seems to me, if you read between the lines, that it, you know, I think they are hoping that that Lane Johnson will play. Is is that the sense you get, Zach? Yes, yes, that's correct. 
And we don't know what's going to happen at right guard because yesterday at practice, uh, Nate Herbig at the very beginning of practice was working next to Lane Johnson and Matt Pryor was working with the twos. So uh, I wonder, I wonder if we might get the debut of a right guard rotation in this game. Oh, as you wow. asked Doug today. Yes. And he, and he he didn't say no. He didn't say no. I mean, they still got to figure it like, you know, they, they haven't had live games. I think I think this competition is still ongoing. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to do the uh, Chance Wormack Stefan Wisniewski, uh, you know, square dance that they did in the past and have it like alternate by series. Or if they're just going to say, prior, you get the first shot. But, you know, if you're not playing well, Nasty Nate is ready to uh, jump on in. But we will uh, we will see what happens. I think that I think that is definitely not decided who is going to be the long-term right guard. Well, this is something that uh, Bo's friend Pete Carroll talked about, uh, I believe, earlier this week. He said, yeah, we might just like... Well, throw dropping some a y- Pete Carroll reference on 9-11 is ballsy, or Shield, but go ahead. Throw, throw some <laughs> younger guys in there earlier in the season because there's no uh, preseason and get them, uh, get them some reps, some uh, practice time. Uh, not practice time, but, you know, get them some experience when we can, which I don't know. It's always a slippery slope. I feel like that's something you say, and then you get caught up in the heat of the game, and you definitely do not do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if they feel like Herbig and Pryor are pretty similar in terms of their their chance to perform and succeed, then uh, maybe we could get your favorite thing, which is a guard rotation. Hmm. I know that's then, right. That, then you would know what you're writing about Monday, if, if nothing else. I mean, you can start pre-writing that bad boy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I will do that. Uh, let's talk, Zach, about the other, the big news of the week, and that was Zach Ertz's uh, press conference yesterday, his Zoom press conference. And uh, you know, I think there was there was no doubting that what he said yesterday was was very intentional. Yes, and we'll have more on this uh, on the athletic by the time this podcast comes out. No, uh, but um, no, you're absolutely right, and and we haven't spoken to Zach Ertz all training camp, or, or at least since the beginning of camp, as we mentioned the other day. And my guess is there's some design to it because Zach said that, that he he was letting it get the best of him at that times, and, and he needed uh, you know to kind of clear his, his head sometimes. Um, but he's, he's disappointed that it has gotten to this point with the contract. He, wants, he said he wants to be here uh, long term. He's not sure the feeling is mutual, and uh, he said that it, it should be a, an easy negotiation, you know. And I'm I'm putting words in his mouth here, but the reason for that is because you have a ceiling, which is probably the Kittle deal, Kelsey deal, and you have a floor, which is the Austin Hooper deal. And if you want him, if if you want him earnestly, like 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 not mm-hmm. just a whatever offer, but like if if you really want him. It would fall between those two, it would seem. Um, and then he said he's approaching this season as if it's his last year, you know, and he's hoping that's not the case. He does, he can't envision himself in a different uniform. Um, but really, I, I thought it was it was an honest way of saying, like, it, and it really strikes me similar to the Malcolm Jenkins situation last year. He wants to be here, but how much does the organization value him? Well, and he said he had to he had to take a couple days over the course of the summer because he was so frustrated about this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, well, not days off, you. but like. Uh, Although he was... did miss one practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I wonder if those were those were connected. But yes, um, yeah. I mean, it's the it's a weird thing when you have like when you have been on a team for so long to have to compartmentalize uh, like a contentious contract negotiation and 
the team like talking smack about you in in the negotiations trying to drive the price down versus you know being connected to uh your players and wanting to you know give everything and you know zach Ertz very deftly dropping the fact that he played through a lacerated kidney last year um so yeah Which i mean that's, i would imagine well, he that did is, play that yeah he did play through a lacerated kidney the guy yeah, was in tears that's what I mean. after a yeah. game in the locker room yeah uh, so he knows what now, he's doing now the one thing i will say is that I don't think that this is far from an easy negotiation from where I stand. And I feel like a lot of the comments are sort of a year early for Zach Ertz. You know, you look at George Kittle's contract, George Kittle is going into the final year of his deal and he's also younger than Zach Ertz. So that was like an easy decision for the 49ers. You know, you have the, uh, the best tight end in football and he's, uh, you know, he's young and he's going into a contract year. Like bad organizations don't extend that guy. You know, they let it get to the off season and then they deal with the franchise tag and all these other things. And so that's much, that's a much different situation. You know, Zach Ertz is going to still is signed through 2021. I mean, you could easily make the case that they should just let him play out this year. Uh, see where things stand in the offseason. A lot can happen. I mean, he could light it up. He could decline. He could get injured. Dallas Goddard could come in and have 900 yards receiving. Uh, a lot of different things could happen uh, in the course of one season. And so then, you know, you could even take it to the end of next season, right? I mean, you could mm -hmm. have him play the next two seasons yeah, and then 31 say... 31 years old. Yeah, and then you could say, all right, well, we're going to have to make a decision here now uh, to either extend him now because, you know, Goddard has had some injuries or hasn't performed when he's gotten the chance and Ertz looks like he's still healthy and durable and a top tight end. Like, there's a lot of information to obtain. So if you're the Eagles here, like, you kind of need some benefit to extend him earlier than you need to, you right. know, like, so you need to, well, where we feel like if we extend him now and we get him at uh, price X, then that's going to be better for us than if we would wait a year or wait two years and then the price would go up. But like, it's hard to sort of make the argument that the price would really go up. I mean, Kittle and Kelsey just signed their extensions and Ertz is going to be older. So I feel like it is a, it's a pretty difficult decision uh, for the Eagles here, but this is sort of, this is not new. I mean, anyone who's followed the Eagles over the last uh, decade longer, I mean, we can go back to Reggie White. We can mm -hmm. go to Brian Dawkins. Or Ertz is not at that level of player, but you get, to, you get to these players who have been really good for you, who have done great things for the organization. I mean, the guy, you know, one has helped you win a Super Bowl in a very big way. Uh, he's been a good leader. He's been a good face of the organization. He's played through lacerated kidneys. So you certainly see it from his perspective, but like th these are the tough decisions that management uh, has to make. And, you know, it was Joe Banner for a while and now it's Howie Roseman and Howie Roseman's tried to have sort of this anti banner reputation of he's not the guy playing hardball. He's not going to have these contentious relationships with players. Like you were just saying, uh, Bo, where you're, you know, really ripping a guy or criticizing a guy in negotiations. Like I'm sure Howie is mostly saying we have him under contract for two years. We have another tight end here we love Ertz. he's been a, a cornerstone player for us but like we have to do what's best for the organization right now so well, there are like a lot of I, different layers to it i do think i and i i know this is your favorite word nuance i think the uh nuanced the, goose here he comes <laughs> i think what is nuance, that well, i saw you tweet about that 40 times did i miss a that's in the, from, like, that's in the new in the new intro song oh i, I, I also i, I have a comment about the song that i will add add in the end okay 
but uh, like at the end of the podcast or yeah or i can i <laughs> at can the say end of this... now <laughs> go for it i'll say it now what uh, i i was because i listened back to the podcast and i i felt that i did not like show proper appreciation for, for <laughs> well it was uh, funny because there's the moment that i believe uh lemur screen grabbed where where she'll realizes that it's a new song and zach looks totally nonplussed <laughs> like he just well i i, I don't like business. to make i don't like to make this about me but i i i think that in doing so uh it actually it it, it came off the wrong way and i know you guys I know you guys don't like sappiness on this podcast, but what I will say, <laughs> oh, is, does. I, I like a sap. Yeah. Yeah. Is 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 that uh, how how much I've enjoyed this uh, and really enjoy being a part of this group? And the reason I bring that up, obviously we're on it, and but but like when I when the athletic first started talking to me about this job, and I think I said this on the podcast last year, like birds with friends really didn't come up. Uh, all the conversations <laughs> were about. You know, kind of the, the, the yeah. We do that. We, we were on. We were off to the side for a long time. <laughs> yeah, the people who were doing the hiring did not know this podcast. <laughs> yeah, like like podcasting was was mentioned, but it wasn't like you know it's going to be four hours per week, three a.m. Or, or I'm sorry, four podcasts a week, three a.m. on game days. You know, two and a half hour pods during the summer. Uh, and, but I have enjoyed it, and, and Bo makes fun of the. Uh, the the Kevin Durant reference, but but all that's a reference to is because of the audience you guys built. I felt like I was joining a seventy three win team because of mm. how popular this podcast already was. So I do feel honored to to have my name in that song. Boy, Bo, you well, you might need nice to take to the rest of the podcast off. Are you okay? I yeah. feel like Bo might be getting <laughs> tearing up over there. I could take over hosting. Well, I know you you're always anxious for an opportunity to grab grab the host mic. I know that's uh, right. I'm good. Uh, I well I I will say on the on the Ertz thing well you know first of all Zach we're very happy to have you you you've been I think the uh, the listeners would tell you that you've been a, a lovely addition so absolutely uh, all that stuff is good uh, on the the Ertz thing and this might be what you were about to talk about Zach but on the the nuanced goose front I think the the one thing that uh, is important to keep in mind to like maybe counter what you were saying Shield because I I basically agree with everything you said and you know I talked about on the podcast on Wednesday that I don't think it makes sense to, to sign Ertz right now, but they have already opened the negotiations. Like they, they could have good point. They could have said to Ertz in the beginning, like, sorry, we love you, but we want you to play out this deal. And, you know, we're going to see how things play, play out over the next couple seasons. They haven't done that. They like these negotiations are happening and they are contentious. So I think that is the miscalculation that they have made. Good point. Yeah, to add to that, and and you know the uh, nuance point that I was I was bringing up was I think in 2019 offseason, Ertz restructured his deal, and I think you know even if it wasn't explicit, or, or maybe there was there were conversations behind the scenes, who knows? But that it was like with with eyes set on or or sights set on a third deal coming, and and so like Bo said, these negotiations have have been going back since since last season. Um, now I don't think what the Eagles foresaw was, was, uh, kind of the uncertainty of the 2021 cap and, and perhaps that's affecting here, but really the elephant in the room and, and, and it's a legitimate one is that they, they spent a second round pick on Dallas Goddard. And, and so this isn't a situation where the cupboard is bare. They have a guy who they really like at the position who is, who's younger, who won't command as big a deal, presumably. And so if, if you take a step back and remove the sentimentality, 
like Howie Roseman said they need to do and Howie said they want to uh, move on from, from guys a year early than a year late. Or I don't know if he's, if, if he said that, but I, I think that's the way he's thinking um, is, uh, is they, they need to assess what do Zach Ertz's next three to five years look like. And that's what Bo was talking about in the pod the other night. Yeah. And, and I mean, if the prices were equal, I think you would rather have Dallas Goddard for the next five years than Zach Ertz just because of you know the, the way that their bodies that, are going to go. I don't know about that, but uh, okay. We'll, see. Yeah. well, we uh, we will see. Do you? I mean, do you worry at all about about this like uh, leading to more drama over the course of the season, Zach? I don't think it's going to lead to more drama because I think I, we're probably not going to hear from Zach Ertz for a good stretch of time as the uh, you know really? media relations department <laughs> chooses who we talk to. True, but Ertz Ertz might have something to say about that too. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I I think what Ertz said was genuine that like he he really wants to be here, and I I, I think that's that's one of the the factors here is is uh, is that like there is. You know, this is not in a vacuum. He is one of the great Eagles of the of the past decade. Really, I mean, he's sixty five catches away from um, from from setting the the franchise's all time record for receptions. Uh, he had the game winning catch in the Super Bowl. He's he's established himself in the, in the community. Um, and when I say those things, it's very similar to the conversation we had about Malcolm Jenkins. And I think what we saw with Malcolm is that. After all these players, life life does go on, uh, but these are complicated decisions. So I, I don't think, similar to Malcolm last year, it didn't affect Malcolm on the field. Like, you know, there's certain guys who have a, a certain amount of professionalism or, or they're able to compartmentalize the, the business from, from what's, what's happening on the field. And you saw Malcolm, he missed, uh, what, mini camps, the voluntary portion of, of the offseason. He was still there for every snap last year. Even if this affects Ertz during training camp, I, I think Sundays he'll be fine. But I, I, I really think what 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 you're you're kind of preparing for is the possibility that this is his last year in Philadelphia. All right. Yeah, we've. I mean, we with the sort of relationship with Wentz, we have seen them move move on from guys who are close to Wentz before. Now this might be that's true a different uh, animal because it's not only a guy who's close to Wentz, but it's a guy who he throws to all, all the time. <laughs> so there is a uh, football aspect of it, and I think it's definitely an issue going into the season. I mean, you got to add all these things up: uh, offensive line injuries, change of coaching staff. Different chemistry. Malcolm Jenkins gone. Zach Ertz unhappy with his contract. Like there's a there's a lot of things going on here. It doesn't mean it's going to torpedo their season. Uh, you know, there there could be a a week eight story where you you know Zach's writing about wow look at all these things sort of that could have gone wrong early in the season and the team six and two. I mean there are a bunch of different ways this thing can go. But uh, I don't think like it, it's something to be downplayed as a non-factor. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean with Goddard. It's all about projecting for sure, but I mean the guy. The guy has 941 receiving yards and is averaging 10 yards per reception. I like I like him, contrary to what people think, because of how the uh, draft resources think. Went. I actually think he does have a high ceiling, and there is a strong projection there. But that you know that might be another reason to wait a year. I mean, right. what if what if Goddard lights it up this year? All right, then you acquired some more information about who you feel better about from uh, 2021 to 2024, and you can make a better informed decision. I do think it's weird that that Ertz talks about it as potentially his last season, given that he is under contract for another year. But 
I guess we don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. that last year is kind of one of those things where I, I think if there's not a resolution this year, then there there won't be a next year. Well, that yeah, that's where the Jenkins comparison is very yeah. apt, right? right? I mean, exactly the same. He he was under contract for this year, right? right. Yeah, yeah, he had team option and exactly, um, and the team said, well. You just make a decision, either you hold on to him or you let him go, because if you keep him here, it's going to be, you know, it, it's not a good situation. And so that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I And I really think those those two situations are very comparable. Anything else from the week that was, Zach, that we need to know before we turn the page to the Washington football team? No, it's it's out there that, that the Eagles did renegotiate Jason Peters' deal. Um, they gave him more money. Uh, it's, Captain. It's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Jason Peters. It's now four million. It can be up to eight million with a two million guarantee. So there's a sweetener there. That's probably the conversation they really had when Peters walked into Doug's office the other day. It wasn't I'm going back to left tackle. It was I'm going back to left tackle and you're making me a captain. And that's what I say. <laughs> or maybe maybe does he get another pay raise for becoming a captain? I mean, I don't mm. know if that was agreed on when they first negotiated yeah, the deal. But, yeah. but Jason Peters is, is a good negotiator because because like talking about uh, leverage, <laughs> yes, like yeah, really. yeah, like what's he, yeah. So um, yeah, so Jason Peters' new deal. Then Deshaun Jackson spoke the other day. Uh, we actually mentioned that the other day on the podcast. Um, no, I, I I really think that's that's the bulk of what has come out. And uh, Bo astutely pointed out the right guard rotation in practice yesterday, um, and I will. De- I, I think that's definitely something to watch. For Sunday. Okay. Well, let's get to uh, Crow Thine Enemy on this Washington football team. And uh, quickly, before we do that, it's always good to know that when uh, Joe Judge says says something, uh, says or does something scandalous, I can rely on our uh, our DFOPs and Coach Flynn to let me know. Apparently, he's uh, talking about uh, 9-11 today in uh, a bit of an odd context. So, there you go. Okay. While we have this this uh, break or, or this natural transition... I do want to say that Thursday was just the warm-up. Now is the time to get ready for Sunday's full slate of action. And there's no better place to get in the game than the, than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to this week's ex- excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook is rolling out a can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 in the $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I've got to say, we've talked about sort of uh, each of our individual relationships with the uh, game of football, and it's probably a complicated one, and this year especially, where where you're not sure what the right things are. But uh, 
it was fun to, to sit down and watch uh, Chiefs Texans last night for sure, for me at least. It was fun, but I do like, and you know, I'm playing to type again, but I was very unsettled by the fans in the stands last night. Uh, it was, I, I just, it was, I think, terrifying. It was very loud, I thought. I mean, they had an impact on the, like, there was a false start. Uh, I know this isn't what you're talking about, Bo, but uh, they were uh, there was like a false start uh, or an offsides early on where it seemed like the well because uh, because they weren't using the piped in noise no, and the fan noise. But I think the Texans' the, uh, offensive noise. line might just be bad. Maybe I don't know. I thought on like the background of the TV, I was like, this is louder yeah. than I anticipated for 25 percent capacity. So uh, maybe there was like more. Maybe there was more than that, Bo. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, and you know it, they were they were able to be so loud because none of them were actually wearing their masks. Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, what what's the rule? I mean, because they're eating and drinking. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I think saw think it was pretty. I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty clear that the uh, rules were not being enforced. There, yeah, you have to wear a mask unless you are eating or drinking, and so you can always be in the process of eating or drinking. I did feel like it would be more spread out. I mean, there there were sections they showed where it's just like eight people in a row so right well that's I, your I, pod that's that's supposedly that's how it works it's your pod like these are the people who are you're in your family to uh, begin okay. with okay all right but yeah okay uh okay there will be no fans at uh, fedex field and how about by the way shiel uh it's been a long time since you and i have collaborated on uh, something as productive as inventing Cl- uh, clyde edwards hilaire <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we can take uh, credit for inventing the uh, the running back on the best team in the college football team in the country. I think we can last year, but we yes, we did. Uh, you know, this is maybe this is like a wisdom of crowds thing. Maybe we should uh, go forward with our draft boards. We should do separate spreadsheets and then uh, bring them together, and that's just our ranking. You yeah. know, that's that's better than uh, individual conviction. Uh, yeah, that that guy is is really fun to watch, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, let's start with Washington, obviously a uh, a team in transition. They have Ron Rivera as the new head coach and uh, new coaching staff all over the place. I think we should start with the defense because uh, that is Rivera's specialty, and it's also, I think, where uh, the big matchup in this game lies because they've got that, that strong defensive front against an Eagles offensive line that, that has a lot of questions. Shield, why don't you uh, run us through a little bit and uh, what you think about this this Washington defense? Okay, well, schematically, they are changing from a 3-4 to a 4-3. That is Ron Rivera's background, although he tinkered with a 3-4, I think, in his final year in Carolina. So it's going to be a 4-3 defense. Ron Rivera is a more zone-heavy uh, coach in terms of coverages. Uh, there's quarters coverage, which is, which is a four-across zone. There's uh, They're going to play some cover three, which we know well for, from the Eagles. Uh, a three-deep zone, so more zone then man coverage would be the expectation. I mean, you never know. I guess, you know, coaches can change year over year, but if we're going by his background, that is what you would expect. Uh, the defensive line, I feel like we've, every time the Eagles has have played Washington over the years, we've talked about this, oh, their defensive line is so good. I don't know. It feels like the Eagles offensive line has handled them pretty well, and I sort of feel like they've been overrated. You know, they've spent a first round pick in four straight years on the defensive line. But if you look at it last year, they ranked 25th in ESPN's pass rush win rate. They ranked 29th in football outsiders adjusted line yards, which is sort of a run defense. And so they've got good players, There's but they no were fourth in adjusted sack rate, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it depends what you're, uh, what you're looking, which stat you want to look at there. So uh, I don't know. I never remember watching them and thinking, wow, these guys are dominating specifically uh, against the Eagles. Maybe you guys 
feel differently, but the stats are sort of all across the board. Their defense was not very good last year. I think 24th in, uh, in DVOA. So 27th, uh, 27th. So now they bring in uh, chase young who, uh, you know, this is not like a unpopular opinion, but I loved as a prospect, I thought <laughs> as far as, you know, mm, but, some, but, some, but sometimes there are those top end defensive player. Like, you know, if Derek Brown, I didn't love I really Derek yeah. Brown. Holmes, by the way. So, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but I, I thought Chase Young, I'm like, all right, he has everything you would want to spend a top three pick on a defensive player. Like uh, I think his ceiling is certainly higher than any of the other defensive linemen they have on the roster. So you're looking at a situation like, can he, can the combination of a new staff with uh, with Ron Rivera and Bo's boy Jack Del Rio combined with we'll get to the him. addition the addition of Chase Young like can it unlock this defensive line can this defensive line be sort of this year's version of last year's 49ers I think it's possible I don't think it's a, it, it would be a crazy outcome if this defense was a lot better than a lot of people thought and if uh, if the defensive line sort of led the way. So Chase Young is certainly the player to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch him uh, Sunday against the Eagles. And then, you know, the rest of their defense is very mediocre. They brought in uh, Ronald Darby, who we know very well. So let's see if there's a play or two where he has great coverage but doesn't mm-hmm. make a play on the ball. And the Eagles have an explosive play. Uh, they have Kendall Fuller, who they signed, although I think he was limited in practice uh, yesterday. So we'll sort of see what his status is for the game. He can either play outside or nickel or safety. He is one of these guys who's actually versatile. And then uh, Fabian Moreau, Jimmy Moreland, these are some of the other corners you can look for for them. And then at safety, uh, Landon Collins, a good player. You know, uh, doesn't sort of fit the prototype of a 20-20 uh, safety, but certainly a good player as more of a, uh, a box safety, a matchup for tight ends. And they spent money on a safety, Sean Davis, from the Steelers, but then they cut him. Yeah, uh, who I liked. With, with the 53. And so I believe it'll be Troy Apke yes. who will be playing safety uh, in his place. And uh, last thing is just linebackers. They signed Thomas Davis. Uh, they've got a guy, Cole Holcomb, who I remember watching the Eagles. Colcom, the Holcom. Eagles play Washington in, in week one last year? Yes. Yes, and I remember Correct. watching That's the, the film of that. Okay, yeah, I remember watching the film of that and being like, this this guy's not bad. So um, I, I don't know, linebacker doesn't matter anyway. But, but I think he's uh, lost his job. Okay, is he not going to? I believe, Well, Thomas yeah. Davis, I think, was on the injury report, too. Okay. Well, yeah, so, they got Sean Dion Hamilton and Kevin okay. Pierre-Lewis, a couple of three-namers. Uh, and uh, what's his name? John Bostick. John Bostick, yeah. I only yeah. I, I only say that because I believe uh, on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, they were talking about Holcomb. It seems like he is not going to be starting. But Okay. Shout out well. to uh, Grant Cosell, who likes him a little more than you do. Mm. Uh, yeah, I had the same... Um, thought about the defensive line that it seems to me that over the past couple of years, the, you know, the bark has been more than the bite. Like it, it hasn't uh, shown up in the games I've seen, but uh, I was surprised by that, that fourth and adjusted sack rate last year. But it's funny because uh, they were, yeah, f- as you said, fourth worst in the league against the run and Carolina uh, under Rivera last year, who were just as bad on defense. They were one spot ahead of uh, Washington overall, and they were bad the year before that. But they were uh, the exact same uh, tentpole as Washington, except one spot higher and one spot worse. They were third in adjusted sack rate and third worst against the run. Uh, so, you know, whether that is, whether it is the Rivera influence or the players who are there, it seems like uh, being able to run the ball 
is something that the Eagles will be able to uh, have success success with on Sunday. If if Maybe. you think that those things are going to play well together, you think I, I don't know that that would that yeah, would require Nate Herbig to be moving some people. So <laughs> let's uh, let's settle down with that confidence right there. <laughs> That's fair, <laughs> Zach. I, I thought you explained it well. I, if if uh, listeners recall, I really liked uh, Kendall Fuller during free agency. I was yeah, gonna say that. Did. What's that? You did. I remember. Yeah, yeah. he got big money, um, and I I think he's he's a he's a good player. I thought she'll ex- explain uh, kind of the the way he's he's used well. A a quick anecdote. I was uh, talking to a uh, this is a, a little flex. I, I don't want to <laughs> say who it was, but. Uh, mm. This was an Eagles Big decision flex. maker before the 2014 draft. Okay, Jeffrey and Lurie. What's that? Jeffrey Lurie, probably. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> if I say it's not Jeffrey Lurie, then that could mean it's somebody else. So I'm, yeah, uh, then we could just keep naming yeah. names until um, you reject all of them. No, and and so uh, Kyle Fuller was uh, coming up in the conversation that year, and I had covered Virginia Tech. Um, and all the four brothers went there. And I, I remember in the conversation saying to someone uh, or, or saying to this person that I heard the youngest four is, 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 is the best one of all. And that was when Kendall was, was just going to be a freshman then or had just mm. finished his, his, his freshman year. And so uh, uh, I, I guess I've, I've, I've kind of had a vested interest in watching him develop uh, because I, I didn't want that comment to look foolish. There you go. Sorry uh, for that uh, personal aside. I like that. No, oh, I like yeah. all, as we know from the YouTube chats, everybody likes all uh, stories. Anytime, I think someone said, anytime Zach says, I don't know if people want to hear this story, the uh, the viewer said, that means we 100% want to <laughs> hear the story. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, before we transition to the offense, uh, a new segment that we're proud to have on the show this is uh, the Tweet Striker, and this is, uh, you know, every week, I may or may not do this uh, throughout the season, but I will pick a random person in the opposing team's organization and just comb through their Twitter likes. And so oh, uh, this week it happened to be Jack Del Rio. That's just how uh, the dice fell. So let's uh, talk about some of these tweets that he's liked. Uh, Noor Bin Laden, who says, America is the greatest, least racist country in the world, despite what her enemies claim, which is a link to a piece in the New York Post, Osama bin Laden's niece says only Trump can prevent another 9-11, despite, uh, you know, more people dying a week than uh, 9-11 combined. Okay. Uh, Herschel Walker, Trump Pence 2020. Uh, J. Ron Smith, every issue important to black communities has been a priority for the president. Mike Pence, uh, from day one, President Donald Trump has stood without apology for the sanctity of human life from reinstating the Mexico City policy to addressing the March for Life in person. President Trump is the most pro-life president this nation has ever seen. Uh, Jillian Anderson, I am one of the 99.8% of people who had coronavirus and I have remained perfectly healthy afterwards. I took hydro, hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine after symptoms set in and it helped dramatically. Uh, Eric Carmen, if hydroxy, hydroxychloroquine this other stuff doesn't work. Why are they so worried about us having access to it? And finally, uh, Stefan Tuitt, not kneeling for Anthem, doesn't care what anybody thinks. So just a random sampling of uh, the stuff that Jack Del Rio likes. 
Fantasy football draft season is upon us. Due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke Elliott's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Game changer. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, a $39 value add. And now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. All right, the Washington football offense, 30th in offensive DVOA last year. And uh, I feel like we have done, or at least I have done, a, a bad job not linking the son of Norv to you, Sheil, the new offensive coordinator for Washington. You must be very excited. I would say he's linked to you. You know, you were talking about what a professional organization they no, are, please. what great you hires flip, they've you made can't flip the turners on both on sides of the ball. So I'm definitely excited to get sort of your reaction <laughs> to what kind of scheme they're going to run. But, yes, yeah, Scott Scott Turner is there. You know, they, they traded a, uh, a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen, Oof. who by every statistical measure was one of the worst starters in the NFL uh, last year. So I, I don't know that that was the wisest decision. They've still got Alex Smith. On the roster. So, like, the big picture question here is how tied is this organization, uh, this current regime, this professional regime, as Bo told (laughs) us, to Dwayne Haskins? Or will they, you know, if things go bad, could they move to a Kyle Allen? Could they move uh, to an Alex Smith? And more importantly, what's their move after the season? Because I know you guys both thought, like, Washington could win the division in our preview that we had uh, earlier this week. I think they're, you know, one of the five worst teams in the NFL. And so I think they're going to be in position to draft a quarterback next year. So do they see enough out of Haskins where they say, all right, we're going to hold off. We're not going to draft a quarterback. Do they, are they on the fence? Are they totally done with him in like week eight? And you know, a hundred percent that they're going to draft a quarterback next season. So that this is really information gathering for uh, Dwayne Haskins. And uh, in terms of Haskins as a player, uh, I thought he was okay last year. I mean, it was just a situation where mm-hmm. like no quarterback would have had any chance to succeed you look at it like their goal was to like be in the parking lot two and a half hours after kickoff i mean they were running the ball like 50 times a game uh not doing anything the skill position players sucked and even with all that uh, this might this stat might surprise you dwayne haskins yards per attempt were better than carson wentz's were as a rookie mm. and so yeah, i feel like it's always dangerous to write a guy off as a rookie 
because he played poorly. I mean, it's not really indicative. We've seen right. some of the great, as, as DFOP Sunset Shaz has written about, we've seen some great quarterbacks just put up terrible numbers as rookies, and that's not really sort of predictive to what they're going to be eventually. Now, it's it's weird with Washington because it's not like they've upgraded the talent <laughs> and the situation is no. better this year. It's like the same situation, maybe even worse than it was uh, a year ago. So uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm sure we're going to talk about him more here as we get to some of the matchups. He's their uh, best offensive player for sure. I'm, I'm all in on Terry McLaurin. I love watching him play. Uh, I saw everything I needed to see last year in a bad situation, and uh, he, he's going to be fun to watch Sunday and all season. Uh, a key player, uh, Antonio Gibson, who I think we talked about during the pre-draft process, sort of a hybrid, toolsy-type running back slash wide receiver. They're going to play him at running back, it sounds like. They got rid of Adrian Peterson, and so he certainly could be their lead ball carrier on Sunday. Uh, the worst part of their offense is the left side of the offensive line. They trade Trent Williams. They've got uh, Jerron Christian who was a third-round draft pick in 2018 and has started two games in the last uh, two seasons. He's going to be their left tackle. They've got a left guard in Wes Martin, who was a fourth-round pick last season who started five games. So, man, you got to just take advantage of that. It might be the worst left side of an offensive line uh, in the mm. entire league. They don't have anything at tight end. Um, and so we, we will see with Haskins. A uh, couple things I liked. I thought he was aggressive last year. This is the main thing I liked, actually. Uh, he was aggressive, whether it was tight window throws, throwing the ball downfield. He was not like a scared quarterback. He was not checking it down. He has confidence in his arm, which is a, a big arm. He is not afraid to make those really difficult uh, throws. So I think that's the most fun part of his game. The worst part last year was the negative plays. He produced a negative play, whether it was a sack, fumble, or interception, on 15% of his pass Oof. plays, which was which was the worst mark of any starter in the NFL. So this is a game where you certainly can produce those negative plays with sacks. You should have an opportunity to take the ball away, which is a big emphasis with their Darius Slay addition, I feel like. And uh, Haskins does hold on to the ball. He's not someone who, you know, the ball's out in two and a half seconds. He'll hold on to it, um, wait for guys to get open, and then make a throw. So there should be opportunities for the Eagles defensive line. In the uh, in the Football Outsiders Almanac, they have uh, the table of the the worst rookie passing seasons over the last uh, just a little bit over a decade, and Haskins is the fifth worst on that list. But it's like you said, Show. There are a couple ones who pop there because it's not uh, it's not predictive, and it's you know the worst of all time, or, or at least this this uh, period is Jared Goff, who turns into at least a you know a mediocre player, and then it's Josh Rosen, Jimmy Clausen, Blaine Gabbert, Dwayne Haskins, Blake Bortles, Matthew Stafford. Josh Allen, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, and Christian Ponder, and the one thing they say in that in the write-up is that uh, there is there is room for uh, optimism on Haskins because he did uh, he played better over the course of those games, and uh, it's it's a very small sample size for him. He only started seven games, whereas a, a bunch of these other ones played a few more games. So there is you know as you said there is uh, there's room for hope, but I think the the question is like you said, does this uh, regime really care about uh you know grooming Dwayne Haskins or do they already have their sights set on uh, replacing him yeah that's what surprised me when about their their skill position players they they clearly uh did not do enough there now they were heavy contenders for Amari Cooper I actually believe they offered Cooper mm -hmm. more money than Dallas did and, and Cooper decided to stay with the Cowboys uh but after they missed out on, on Cooper, that's not a position they upgraded. They drafted Gandy Golden 
in the fourth round. Like this is not a Bo Wolf drafted team here. You know, they they do not. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Most yes, Gandy that is golden. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, they do not. Unless you were looking to like save him or something. <laughs> Uh, they do oh, not in, in, invest in in the skill spots. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think they only have among their top four or five receivers. Only only two of them were drafted. Uh, McLaurin, obviously, a, a third round pick. You look at at tight end Logan Thomas, who's a converted quarterback, is expected to start. They 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 don't have Jordan Reed anymore. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, fifth round pick, is there. Uh, so really, they they haven't done much to surround. Haskins with talent and uh, Jim Schwartz who obviously Jim Schwartz is always confident so it's it's weird for me to say Jim Schwartz sounded confident but Schwartz was asked uh, the other day about one particular matchup which I'm sure we'll get into and all he said is like I'm, I'm very confident in, in our matchups this week. Uh, well, and, well, why don't you and, tell us about that? Because that, I, I mean, you're you're certainly alluding to the the Slay McLaurin thing, and um, yes. Slay, we we talked to Slay, who does not want to be called Darius yesterday. Yes, um, and he he to- talked a little bit about um, what he expects against McLaurin. Yeah, said he 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 likes McLaurin. Uh, they had a matchup last year where um, Bo, or I'm sorry, Shield, and I I forget offhand in your piece when you dissected Slay. Uh, was was that one of them that you were looking at? That I game? don't think so. I think uh, I was trying to look at him against good teams, okay. not not realizing. <laughs> well, not realize. No, that would have been a no. That would have been a good one to look at because I didn't think like just look for like a a good receiver type thing. But uh, I don't. I, I was looking for good quarterback play. I think. So in in our um, our colleagues down in Washington in their game preview, they have a big thing up uh, on the Slay McLaurin matchup, but. Uh, McLaurin had he, he had five catches in that game last year, uh, but from what it sounds like, there were a few other times when he beat Slay and and it was just it was a poorly thrown pass. But uh, Slay, we've talked about him following a receiver. This is the this is the exact game where where you're talking about because there's such a discrepancy between their number one and and everyone else. So my guess is Slay will be following McLaurin ar- around the field. Uh, it is a matchup to watch. Slay has a lot of respect for him, but but this is why you you trade for Slay, and this is why you give him the money that you did is for this type of matchup. So I think this is going to be a good bellwether game for Slay. Uh, a couple uh, updates from Twitter. Uh, first, as you know, as Zach and I waste our time on this podcast, Shields boy, T Mac breaking some news. Uh, Lane Johnson had surgery on his ankle in August, according to sources, says Tim McManus, helping to explain his extended absence at training camp. It was described as a clean-out. Johnson returned to practice in a limited capacity this week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Zach, we got a new name for the eight-point lead, I see? We're we're still um, figuring it out. You know, there's... uh... So it's called... You You didn't want to lock yourself into eight points, I'm guessing. Is that the deal? That was one factor. The other thing is is that we, we want to get Eagles into it. Uh, oh, that makes sense. And yeah, then get the that other SEO. thing is a year ago we did not have – well, I'm giving kind of like behind the scenes here, but there's a character limit in, in, in terms of our headlines. And so we, we need to account for for that as well, thinking kind of about what's most effective. But it is going to – it's it's not always going to be eight, eight notes. Sometimes it, it might be – kind of three newsy notes and then there's gonna be opinion or analysis or interviews put in there 
Um, so it's 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 going to vary. I, I don't want to kind of lock in on form, but it's it's going to be a Friday package each week that, that kind of gives you an update on what's going on. All right, let's get to the Owl You Know draft in which um, all three of us draft one player each who we think we will be talking about on Sunday night or on Monday if the Eagles win and if they lose on both offense and defense. Sheil, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off? You you, you can pick uh, any of the four spots you want. A quick question: I missed it earlier. Uh, Derek Barnett, I think you guys gave, mm. gave an update. What what is his status for this? Day to day, he's been limited in practice. Limited. Okay. All right. Well, probably don't want to go with him then. Uh, all right. <laughs> As I'm figuring out what I'm going to do here. Uh, all right. I feel like this is too on brand. I've probably been too hard uh, on the guy, but uh, I feel like this is an obvious one. And so if they lose, uh, I think it would be Darius Slay. I think if uh, if Terry McLaurin eats his lunch, if the Washington football team connects on some big plays downfield, if he's called for a key pass interference, all these sort of different things that could go uh, go wrong for him against, uh, again, a receiver that I really like, Slay's first time playing in this scheme, all these sort of different factors. Uh, I feel like if they lose, he's certainly a, a player uh, we could be talking about for the Eagles. I think that's good. Zach, you want to go what's second? The, what, what's the rule here? Win, win, loss, offense, defense? Is yes. that what we do? I yes. Okay. Four and we can't, re- we, we can't use someone that's, that's, that someone else used, correct? Correct. And, and well, you, you can if you want to flip win or loss. Yes, yes. If you feel like it. Uh, And you're only allowed to draft uh, Carson Wentz uh, twice over the course of the season. So so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take some more time to think about my defensive loss because that was Slay. And I'm going to go with my offensive win. uh, And that's Deshaun Jackson. Ah, you took him. Yeah. uh, Deshaun Jackson finished one game last year. It was against Washington and played outstanding, obviously. Uh, I I can't tell you what Deshaun's going to look like on December 13th, but I can tell you September 13th, he's going to be in the lineup, and if he's in the lineup, they're going to use him, and if they use him, he has the chance to to, to break deep. So I, I can definitely see Deshaun uh, having a good game, and, and if you're like uh, looking for a streamer on Daily Fantasy or if he's on your team, I think he's this very is cheap. Oh. He's very cheap in daily fantasy. I've seen. It seems like a, yeah, a, like, like a lock this is the, as a starter. Yeah, this is the type of week to play him because you you don't know how many games you're getting from Deshaun, but you know you're getting week one. I totally agree. Uh, I said that the other day. Like I think that if if Deshaun is healthy and you know he's healthy, he's going to be a you know he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Uh, so I think that's right. I think he I think he probably does have a big game if the Eagles win this game. Uh, I will go with if the Eagles lose this game on offense. I think we will be talking about old man Jason Peters. He's got that matchup against uh, Chase Young, one of the two rookies on the first or the full sentence All Stars, which I think is very important. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's they've got a couple guys. It's they can they can be rotating Chase Young and Montez Sweat and uh, whoever else in there. So I mean, Jason Peters as he. Moves back to left tackle, as Jason Kelsey said yesterday. He can uh, he can kick slide out of the left tackle spot in his sleep. He doesn't think it's going to take much time to uh, adjust, but he is nevertheless uh, an old man who had a mediocre season last year, and he's certainly the best option the Eagles have there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going uh, to be great. So I think uh, if Chase Young has a couple sacks, you know we know that Carson Wentz has, the, has these fumbling issues. I think there's a good chance those come against Jason Peters. So who's playing right tackle if Lane Johnson doesn't play? Most likely, I would guess Matt Pryor. 
You think they go Pryor and Herbig? Yes, that would be my guess. Yeah. Wow, if, if you combine, combine the Eagles' right side of that offensive line with the Washington left side of the <laughs> offensive line, you really would not have something. The other option is uh, Driscoll at right tackle and Pryor at right guard, which I think okay. is possible. But um, given the Herbig reps, I think, I think Zach is probably right. Okay. But I think Lane's going to play. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Who's up? Uh, I'm back up again. And I will take if the Eagles uh, if the Eagles lose on defense. How about uh, another or not another player, but a player making his debut at a new spot? What about Jalen Mills? You know, we've we've thought that he's had a good uh, off season and he's looked the part in training camp, but training camp is not the regular season. And uh, Jalen Mills is going to be the one set to maybe be covering Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. If Antonio Gibson has a big day, maybe it comes against Jalen Mills, and we're talking about. This bet the Eagles made, maybe not looking so hot right away. Okay. So I am up here, and I am going to go Eagles win uh, on defense, Malik Jackson. And perhaps mm, that's on brand. I like Malik, that one. I like that Malik one. Malik Jackson got hurt in the, in, the, in the Washington game last year. It's the only game he played in an Eagles uniform. Shield mentioned uh, the left side of Washington's offensive line. So you're looking at Wes Martin on Malik Jackson. He's 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 healthy as Bo pointed out well in in his uh, camp stock report um, where he he ranked every player that wasn't the stock report the camp rankings where he ranked every player on the Eagles roster uh, Malik Jackson was was number one correct that's correct yeah so uh, is coming off a good camp wants to remind people who he was I, I feel like that's gonna be a big conversation point if the Eagles win that Malik Jackson is a big addition to this team uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know Fletcher Cox uh, gives him a little little pat on the uh, right butt cheek there and says, "Get you get your butt over against Brandon Scherf." I, <laughs> I was I, just I, I want <laughs> want a shot at that. Uh, uh, listen, he's like, "Did you see my stats last year? I need to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got to pat him here in week one and get off to a quick start." So uh, that that certainly um, would not uh, would not surprise me. Okay, I actually had Malik. I had two of uh, Zebram's boys written down, so I'm gonna I'll go with the other one. Here, uh, how about a little Josh Sweat? Okay. If, uh, mm. if Derek Barnett can't go, you know, you run some uh, some stunts, some games on that side against the left side of their offensive line. Uh, Josh Sweat, uh, by all accounts, uh, looked good in camp there. I thought he he certainly surprised last season. He's got some juice to him. He, his legs should be fresh, and so uh, I will go with Josh Sweat as sort of a surprise. Uh, Pat maybe making some impactful pass rush plays if the Eagles win. Uh, I guess I should go with if the Eagles lose on offense as my uh, snake here, and I will go with Lane Johnson or whoever's playing right mm-hmm. tackle. I mean, either you have uh, Lane Johnson, who's not uh, 100%, or you've got Matt Pryor, or you've got Jake Driscoll. I mean, that Washington team, it's its not just uh, one guy. As we've mentioned, uh, Montez Sweat is a very good player. They've got, uh, you know, Ryan Kerrigan didn't have a great year last year but they they've got him they've got deron Payne, they've got a bunch of different guys uh on that defensive line so uh that would make me a little bit nervous if i were uh if i were the eagles coaching staff and i had uh if i wasn't confident in lane johnson at right tackle or if i was starting one of those other guys uh, i would be curious to see how they sort of game plan around that okay i'm Zach, up over to you if the Eagles lose on offense, we will be discussing Matt Pryor. And I'm saying that assuming Matt Pryor is going to be the starting right guard. As we've said, that's not a safe assumption right now. So maybe that's right guard to be named. But uh, I'm going with with Pryor. 
because Washington's strength is that defensive line, like we said. They 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 have some talented tackles there, and uh, Brandon Brooks is not going to be here all all year. So if if Pryor struggles, or if if it's Herbig, if Herbig struggles, um, that spot's going to be pretty pretty blatant. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be pretty apparent that that's something that the Eagles have to deal with all 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 year. And the Eagles can say they're they're confident in it, but look, they signed Jason Peters in June and moved him over um, because you know of the uncertainty that that comes with those right guards. So if if they didn't have any questions, then they wouldn't have have brought in Peters to begin with. I think that's right. Uh, if the Eagles win this game on offense, someone who we will be talking about, I think uh, I'm going to go with Zach Ertz here because I think we've got the possibility of a uh, a JT Real Muto situation brewing with the Eagles. You know, Zach Ertz goes out, catches six passes for you know 85 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, you know his teammates are saying, "Pay the guy." And uh, we've got that that storyline going out through going on throughout the first couple weeks of the season. Zach Ertz, uh, you know, playing through the contentious negotiations, proving his worth to the Eagles front office. Yeah, this is this is where I wish uh, you guys really did have locker room access, because mm-hmm. I think what you just said, Bo, is important. You know, it, it would be interesting to sort of ask the other players, uh, you know, what they say about uh, about Zach Ertz and his contract situation. I mean, we miss it for a number of different reasons, but um, most of uh, all I the guess done, but yeah, I guess you could still throw some of those questions out there via Zoom, although it's weird now with games starting, you know, a lot of the questions will be very uh game related but anyway that's an aside yeah and i mean we're probably going to be getting to talk to like two players after the game on zoom is my expectation so uh we will see how that turns out Uh, and then if the eagles win on defense someone who we will be talking about uh, i'm going to go with the guy who uh you know i have my my focus on on defense and that is avante maddox and if you know if we if we think that you know i know they're going to throw the ball to mclaurin against slay anyway but if they try to pick on avante maddox he's got the opportunity to uh, to make some big plays, maybe uh, maybe a key interception of Dwayne Haskins. So I will uh, I will stick with Avante Tough now. So I'm I'm gonna go with Avante actually on the other side. If, if the Eagles do, uh, I thought someone a, a was gonna go Slay on the other side of me. That would have been a good move. I feel Slay like. if they won. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I, I had Slay if they lost. Winner, yeah. I had Slay if they lost. Um, Steven Sims. The way Steven Sims finished last year. Uh, week 14 against the Eagles, five catches, 45 yards, a touchdown. Week 15, or, or, or I should say game 15, week 16 against uh, against the Giants, six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Against Dallas, week 17, five catches, 81 yards, one touchdown. Mm, you like us, uh, Steven Sims. So finish the season well. Uh, Vontae Maddox, like uh, we've discussed, has, has been given that second cornerback spot. Uh, the Eagles are really high on him, um, and – He's done enough in in two years to merit excitement, but maybe not excitement as like you're no doubt starting outside corner. And I think the reason this is important to bring up is because like there's no other option there. Uh, if if Avante Maddox struggles, it's not like they can throw Rasul Douglas in next week or they can throw Sidney Jones in there. Um, it Craig James is their only other outside corner on on the entire roster. This is this is the way the Eagles kind of painted themselves in, into that corner. Uh, Jim Schwartz said that they think Craven LeBlanc could play the outside if they need him to. They think Roby Coleman could play the outside if they need him to. But realistically, uh, I don't think the Eagles have anyone in that room who who like they're they're ready to start if Maddox struggles. So 
I think Maddox is someone who, if, if he gets beat, it'll be a, a topic of conversation. All right, I'm going to go with a uh, – we don't even know if he's definitely going to play, but why not? If they win on okay. offense, I'm going to go with Jalen Rager. Uh, what, what are your, what's your percentage of him playing, your percentage chances of him playing? Mm, 45 75 mm. oh Ooh. all right okay i'll take that take the middle there all right so this one could look dumb and uh by the time you listen to this podcast but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it anyway you guys already took Ertz and deshaun jackson so uh who else am i gonna take here uh i think uh it's gonna be really exciting if he does if he is active and if he plays i mean there's a lot riding on this guy to be one of the top rookie wide receivers this is somebody i liked coming out of college and uh was high on i think he can really help them uh right away even though the history of rookie wide receivers doing that uh is not great and so maybe he uh he feels good the shoulder feels good he comes out uh he plays really well and uh everybody's excited about the 2020 eagles because they've got a rookie wide receiver who looks outstanding all right gentlemen let's get to the crystal bald eagle their predictions for Sunday's game. Zach, why don't you lead us off this time? Uh, so the Eagles go into this game as, as six-point favorites. Ooh, it moved uh, from five and a half. Is, is it five and a half? I'm, no, I no. got five, five and a half on DraftKings. Okay, right five now. and okay. a half on DraftKings then. Um, so then we will go with, with five and a half, and I, I actually like that better because I, I like the half. Point. You love a half. You like to buy that half. Yeah, the over-under here, is it still 43 and a half? Uh, 42 and a half. Ooh. 42 and a half. Okay. Must be the uh, Nate Herbig news that dropped that <laughs> over under a point. Um, so, so I look. I I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're the better team. I I don't like what Washington has offensively here. Uh, I, I I don't think the Eagles are in this great spot going into Week One, just because of the questions on the offensive line, or not just because, but primarily because of the questions on on the offensive line. But I am, I'm going to trust that they have veterans there. They have a good offensive line coach. Um, Doug Peterson, 4-0 in Week 1 games. Now, two of those oh. have been have been against Washington. Uh, but he does Even have his better. Asterisks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fifth one here is against Washington. Um, I'm not sure that I, I have. Could this, be, could this become Doug's Andy Reid after the bye thing? It might be. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it, you know, I, I asked him a question about this last year. He also talked about it today. Um, he, he 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 doesn't really speak eloquently on it, but I I, I think <laughs> well, like I mean, like that he could be drop worthy. Yeah. No, he doesn't give like a, like a precise reason, but I think a big part of it is is that like all he's focused on during camp and the preseason in the past when they had preseason games was week one, um, and that's. You can say all coaches are, but really from Doug Peterson's second year on, uh, like in 2017, they were just holding guys back during preseason. And Doug said, it's just about week one. So I, I think he knows how to get his guys ready for that season opener. Uh, I am going to have the Eagles covering this, though. Uh, I, I, was, I was going back and forth, but I am going to have the Eagles 23, Washington 17. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. I, uh, you know, I was thinking after a podcast on Wednesday night that, that maybe I didn't go far enough. And then when then Ertz um, had his press conference the other day, I was really thinking that maybe this is going to be a disastrous season for the Eagles. Maybe they're going to win five, mm. six games. And, you know, this game is, you know, who knows? These, this, these week one games, I think, are going to be very unpredictable. Uh, but the more I thought about it, I just, 
it's hard for me uh, not to believe in Carson Wentz this year. And uh, I think I think the disastrous season could be coming, but I think if it does, it is going to include another Wentz injury. So as long as Wentz is healthy, uh, I am going to uh, think that he can help pull them through this game. I mean, uh, we've talked about you know Shields' continuity rankings. Washington certainly not very high on that, and um, I believe that Wentz and Deshaun will hook up a couple times in this game. He'll get uh, the explosiveness back in the offense that was missing. And I just uh, I find it hard to believe that uh, Washington offense can really make a ton of things happen in this game. So give me the Eagles 24-13. Oh, wow. You really took us on a roller coaster there for that, uh, that pick. You went from 5-11 and 11 to uh, them winning by two touchdowns. Listen, if I can't uh, hem and haw and pretend that I've predicted every little different thing for all the outcomes, then I'm really not doing my job. Yeah, I think the continuity thing is big here. I mean, you're looking at a new head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, new uh, left side of the offensive line, two new starting cornerbacks. Uh, I mean, it would be really impressive if Washington were able to come out and look polished and look like they knew what they were doing in week one against the Eagles. And so uh, I think their best chance for pulling off the upset is that their D-line just totally dominates. And it's like um, it's like a Winston Justice type outing for one of the Eagles uh, offensive linemen. And I don't think it's going to get to that point. Uh, I think uh, the Eagles are going to be able to do enough offensively. They've still got the same offensive and defensive play caller. They've got the same quarterback. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, initially I was going to go with a similar score to Z-Berms, but I'm going to bump it up a little bit now that I've, I've heard you two give your takes, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna bump it up a little bit, and I will say 27-20 uh, Eagles, uh, they do cover here. Okay, there you go. Well, we will be back on Sunday, um, Zach and I, for the post-game pod, and it looks like our schedule this season is going to be Tuesday night pods, Friday morning pods, and then uh, opening things up in case we need to have something else during the week when something happens. So that'll be your Birds with Friends schedule moving forward. And uh, any any final words, gentlemen? Well, starting next week, this Friday show at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to make this the YouTube show. So if you need to schedule your lunch or whatever you need to do, if you have people asking if you're free for a call, uh, tell them no. Uh, 11.30 to 12.30 Eastern time. On Fridays during the season, we're going to do the the YouTube, the live show, and uh, then it will obviously turn into a podcast. Block block that off on your calendars and make sure that you subscribe to the Birds with Friends YouTube channel and also, uh, you know, review on Apple Podcasts and wherever else. Zach, um, the last thing, how do you feel about going into a press box on Sunday? What uh, What are you expecting? Yeah, it's interesting. I was I was actually speaking with my wife about that uh, last night. Especially um, now that you're not going to have the dedicated bathroom. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't been like out, outside of like a, a grocery store run or um, yeah, really like like grocery store. I've been to Target, uh, but like out, 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 outside of that, I haven't been indoors with like any non-family people since uh, since March and. We're looking here. Yeah, I'm a little at, bit nervous about it. I gotta say, I don't know if I'm nervous, but it is like you know, like a a press box is a, is. I know we're gonna be socially distant, but but we're there for five hours or so, maybe longer. Uh, and so 
yeah, I mean, you know, you're 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 trusting that that everyone is is healthy. Now we're all gonna be wearing masks, and 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 so that's that's a key thing. Obviously, you can't get in there without a mask. Uh, but how do I feel? I I feel, I mean, you're gonna laugh when I say this. I, I feel fortunate that we have football to cover, um, because that's that's like the big thing from you know is is for our our jobs and just I'll, I'll do everything I, I can to be healthy. Uh, I'll I'll keep that mask on the whole time and and. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the game. I'll put it that way. You going with the Andy Reid mask for this? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. Oh, Doug was asked about that today, by the way. <laughs> What's he going to do? He's just going a normal mask with a headset over it. <laughs> okay. But I think there are a couple states where he has to wear that. Isn't that what the way that Kristen Rogers framed the question? Is that true? I think in in California and New York, yeah, he has has to wear the shield. Yeah, I could have been, I could have misinterpreted, but yeah, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm. I'm hoping to spend as much time outside of the press box as possible on Sunday, if that is allowed. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. The Eagles uh, kick off at one o'clock on Sunday, and Zach and I will be here with the post game show to tell you how it all went. You know, as if you're not watching yourself. So, for Zach, Marissa, and Sheil, Marissa, who do the Titans play this weekend? <laughs> No. We got to keep our eye on that. Let's bring a Titan schedule question on her. <laughs> an hour and fifteen minutes in. What the hell's wrong with you? Don't they play the? She might know. Don't they play the Broncos on Monday? Oh, that's right. Oh, oh yeah. The late oh, wow. game. We're gonna have to do yep. a late, late Monday podcast. Ten twenty p.m. Eastern. <laughs> oh, we're all gonna have our eyes on that as we follow the Titans over under all season for Marissa. Okay, for Shield Marissa and Zach, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.